Hail Holy Queen is a well-known Catholic prayer. It is most often prayed at the end of the five decades of the Holy Rosary, and it is one of the Marian antiphons. In a previous episode of Catholic History Trek, I mentioned St. Bernard of Clairvaux was one of the possible people who composed this prayer. In this episode, I'll trek through the thousand-year-old history of the Hail Holy Queen and look at St. Bernard and the other potential candidates. The dogma lives loudly within you. But I feel that the greatest destroyer of peace today is abortion. Make one thing certain. Let you keep always close to God. You've embarked on a Catholic history trek. By all accounts, the Hail Holy Queen, or Salve Regina, appeared by the 11th century and starts to appear in the early 12th century and popular usage spreading across Europe. But the big question with the Salve Regina is, who composed the prayer? Historians generally propose four potential authors. I'll run through the candidates in order from least likely to most likely, offering what history has to say about them and their connection to the prayer. Our first candidate is St. Bernard of Clairvaux. I mentioned him a previous episode on the Cistercians as one of the possible composers of this prayer. He lived from 1090 to 1153, and the Cistercians were the first order to adopt the Salve Regina prayer in their chant and divine office in the early 13th century. And so there is a connection between St. Bernard's Cistercians and the prayer. Bernard is also said to have had a special devotion to the Blessed Virgin Mary. In a chronicle of the church at Spires, tells of a story of St. Bernard at the church where the Salve Regina was being sung. Apparently the prayer was already existing, but in a form without the final three invocations of O Clement, O Loving, O Sweet Virgin Mary. When Bernard, filled with inspiration, spontaneously fell to his knees and cried out this threefold ending. Unfortunately for the story, these lines appear in early manuscripts before this event was said to have taken place, which makes Bernard of Clairvaux an unlikely candidate of composing the prayer, and even if the story in the Chronicle Aspires was true, it would only credit him with adding the very last bit of the prayer. The second candidate is St. Peter of Minocchio, who is the Bishop of Compostela in the late 11th century. If Compostela sounds familiar, the Santiago de Compostela, also called the Way of St. James or the Camino, was covered in one of our very first podcast episodes when Kevin and I covered pilgrimages. A few sources list St. Peter as the possible author of the prayer, but don't give any reason why they proposed this, nor do they provide any details about his life, so there really isn't much more to say about the saint and the Salve Regina. Our third candidate is Edamar de Montile, the Bishop of Le Puy from 1082 to 1098, Puy is the home of the first post-Assumption apparition site of Mary, known as Our Lady of Puy. So this brings an ancient Marian connection to the city. Bishop Adamar was appointed by Pope Urban II to lead the First Crusade. Before his departure to the Holy Land in 1096, it's said he composed the Regina, or at least the first part of it. Supposedly, he composed the Regina as a war hymn for the Crusade. 
and the prayer has been also called the Anthem of Le Puy. It said he asked the monks at Cluny to add this prayer into their prayers of the divine office, which apparently didn't take place until 1135, possibly at the urging of St. Bernard, bringing him back into the story. With the prayer being sung as a hymn by the knights in the First Crusade, it is possible that Adhemar composed it, or he may have borrowed it from our fourth candidate. Herman Contractus, known as Herman the Cripple, lived in the early 11th century, from 1013 to 1054. He was a cripple from birth, hence the name Contractus, Latin for contracted or limited. He was powerless to move without assistance, and only with great effort could he read and write. He was recognized for his intellectual brilliance at an early age, and joined the renowned abbot Berno at the island monastery of the Agiadives, a once celebrated Benedictine monastery on the Untersee, a lake on the border between present-day Germany and Switzerland. This Benedictine monastery was founded by St. Perman, who was later banished through political machinations, but despite this, it flourished, becoming a great center of learning and religious devotion. Sadly, the monastery's success led to its downfall, as it was incorporated into the Diocese of Constance in 1541, who subsequently reduced the number of monks in residence, and by 1757, the few remaining monks were forcibly removed, and 50 years later, the monastery was secularized. Hermanus excelled as a polymath, overcoming his physical handicaps and luminously attaining learning in theology, mathematics, astronomy, music, Latin, Greek, and Arabic languages. Students flocked to him, but not only due to the fame of his scholarship, but also because of his virtues and lovable personality. One of his most prominent achievements was chronicling the most important events in the history of the world, from the birth of Christ up to his time in the mid-11th century. It is the earliest extant universal chronicle from the medieval period, and was compiled from numerous sources. It's also said Herman constructed astronomical and musical instruments. But for our purposes, he's also credited with the composition of various religious hymns, including the authorship of the antiphons Alma Redemptoris Mater and Saverigena. Of the four candidates, Bishop Adamar of Lapuy and Herman Contractus are the most likely, and today historians attribute the Salve Regina to Herman. One possible timeline could be that Herman created the prayer, which would align with his aptitude for composing various hymns, and Bishop Adamar may have brought this prayer with him on the First Crusade as the Anthem of Lapuy, where it gained fame among the Crusaders and spread with them, and after the Crusaders returned, it may have spread through monastic communities through the inspiration of St. Bernard of Clairvaux, and at some point, some pilgrims may have brought it with them on the Camino, leading to its association with the Bishop of Compostela. This timeline is mere speculation on my part, but attempts to propose a theory for how all four of these candidates could have been connected and credited with the prayer. Regardless of who composed it, various additions were made to the original prayer over time. Early manuscripts have different versions of the bit at the end, which now goes, O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary, pray for us, O Holy Mother of God, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Also, in the first part of the prayer, the word vergo was added in the 13th century, while the word mater was added in the 16th century. Vergo would be Latin for virgin, and mater would be Latin for mother. 
Once the Sava Regina was introduced in the 11th century, it spread through various religious orders and monastic communities. It was used as a processional chant by the monks at Cluny beginning in 1135. Around 1218, the Cistercians adopted it as a daily processional chant, and in 1251, they added it as an ending to their prayers at Compline. Around this time, both the Dominicans and the Franciscans adopted the prayer as well, and in the 13th century, Pope Gregory IX ordered it to be chanted after Compline on Fridays. From the 14th century onward, it has been part of Compline for the Latin Rite. It is one of four Marian prayers used in the Office of Compline, which are the Alma Redemptoris Mater, the Ave Regina Caelorum, the Save Regina, and the Regina Caeli. Traditionally, the Save Regina is recited from Trinity Sunday until Advent. And, as I mentioned earlier, it's also prayed at the end of the Rosary after the five decades, which Kevin and I will cover in more detail on our podcast episode covering the history of the Rosary. The Salve Regina has been a beloved prayer of many renowned Catholics. St. Alphonsus de Liguori covers it extensively in his work titled The Glories of Mary, in which he breaks down every line of the prayer and provides commentary on them. Christopher Columbus, who in addition to sailing the ocean blue in 1492, was a third-order Franciscan and also devoted to the Blessed Virgin Mary. He led his crew in the singing of the Salve Regina hymn, from aboard the Santa Maria the night before discovering the New World. And apparently, the Blessed Virgin Mary herself favors the prayer, according to various mystics and visions of seers. One account relates a vision by St. Dominic. When he was entering a corridor of the monastery to offer his prayers, he spotted three beautiful ladies approaching him. He knelt before the primary lady and asked her name, upon which she replied, I am the one who you invoke every evening when you say, Ei ergo, advocata nostra. I prostrate myself before my son, entreating him to protect this order. Ei ergo, advocata nostra is the part of the prayer which translates to English as most gracious advocate. A partial indulgence is granted to the faithful who devoutly recite this prayer, which is as good of a reason as any for you or I to join St. Dominic, St. Alphonsus de Liguori, Christopher Columbus, and the many others who have prayed the Salve Regina over the years. And speaking of which, instead of closing this episode with the typical Glory B, I thought I would end with this Salve Regina prayer. Salve Regina, Mater Misericordiae, Vita Dolcedo, et Spes Nostra Salve, Ad Te Clamamus, Exiles Filii Ieve, Ad Te Susperamus, Gimentes e flentes in hoc lacrimarum vale, ei ergo, advocata nostra, ilos tuos misericordies oculos ad nos converte, et Jesum benedictum fructum ventris tui, nobis post hoc exilium ostende. O clemens, o pia, o dulcis, vergo moria, ora pro nobis, sancta dei genetrix, ut digni efficiamor promissionibus Christi. Amen. Thank you for listening to Catholic History Trek. You can reach us at catholichistorytrek at gmail.com.